You're listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, welcome back to Talking Law. I'm Joanna Oki. Today, I wanted to talk about the cost-benefit analysis of an organization spending proper time and effort in developing and properly finalizing a contract. The underlying driver of this topic is that often businesses become so busy that having the time to develop a contract properly is seen as an unnecessary luxury unless there's a major risk that warrants the time involved. As a lawyer, I'm often in a position where I see lots of examples of problems caused by lack of proper contracts or by the use of inappropriate contracts. People rarely come to visit their lawyer to discuss all the contracts that are working perfectly. So whilst I might not always be in the best position to talk necessarily about the contracts that are the most successful, I can certainly absolutely reflect on areas of regular argument. An example that comes to mind of issues caused by the failure of parties to reach a suitable contract was a case in which our client was a supplier to a large European-owned organisation. Our client was the successful tender for a large contract. And after the tender had finalised, they'd been awarded the contract. They were promised a large volume of work in return for setting up a new interstate office to service the customer. As sometimes happens, In these situations, the contract negotiations went on and on and on and on. And in the meantime, our client was under significant pressure to start works. And unfortunately, they decided to do that without the finalisation of the contract. But they did this based on the very strong relationships that they thought they had in place. And of course, once the work started, the imperative to sign the contract was gone. The drafts were thrown into a bottom drawer and were never finalised or signed. And unfortunately, this is a really familiar story. Once the works start in a contract, often both parties lose the will to finish the contract and to finalise the terms, or it's just forgotten about because the day-to-day contractual issues that come up in the performance of the contract suddenly take over in seeming importance in comparison to this paperwork that is generally seen as just sitting in the background. But this case is like many other cases with similar issues of not having a finalised contract. A year later, the inevitable happened and the customer restructured the business, reallocated funding and vastly reduced the value of all future works with our client. Whilst the funding was promised to be returned to the project in coming financial years, this was of course of little help to our client who was now stuck with the cost of the new office and staff without the income to match. As it turned out, the very strong relationships that they thought they had initially weren't enough to protect our client's position when they had no contractual basis upon which to force the European head office to stand by the relationships. Whilst there were still avenues available to our client to enforce their understanding of the agreement, our client didn't want to endanger their commercial position with their customer, which is often also the case, isn't it? You know, Often, if issues appear, the parties are reluctant to create waves, lest it destroy the relationship moving forward. So anyway, our client in this instance 
consequently took a massive financial hit that the change position had caused them. So they ended up having to downsize and reduce staff. And in reality, it ends up being the shareholders, staff and other stakeholders who bore the brunt of the decision not to finalise that contract rather than management who had dealt with the contract in the past and should have finalised it. This is certainly not an unusual issue for businesses to face. I see problems caused by the lack of contract clarity coming across our desk daily, ranging from situations like this example, where contracts have been created but never finalised, through situations where contracts have been finalised but simply haven't included enough detail about the most important elements of the relationship, such as, for example, clear detail about service or product delivery expectations or payment or termination rights. So in answer to the question I'm often asked as to the cost of developing a proper and effective contract versus the cost of a dispute, I'd say that there's absolutely no comparison. You can't tell today what a contracting party will do tomorrow or the next year. Whilst you might have the strongest relationships in place now, tomorrow a business might be sold or there might be new management or we might have a new GFC. Whilst a contract won't prevent all problems from ever arising, it will at least put you in a much more powerful position to demand compliance with an agreement by another party. So rather than asking whether contracts are always necessary, businesses should instead be looking for ways in which they can streamline their contracting process so that engaging in the contracting process is efficient and effective. In the next episode, I'll discuss ways that we can look at streamlining the contract process. But for now, I'd like to leave you with some action steps to help you avoid contract disputes. Number one, brainstorm the risks. So before entering any relationship with another party, be it a supplier, a customer or otherwise, do a quick brainstorm of the potential areas of risk in this relationship and jot down a few notes about the most important things to be covered off contractually. Get contractual coverage. Ensure that each of the items above are included in a contract in sufficient detail. Number three, get help. Get help if there are any areas of exposure that you aren't sure of. Many people think a template is sufficient or getting a lawyer to look at the indemnity clauses in their agreement is enough. But unfortunately, the real crux of a contract often sits in the statement of work or the schedule or other parts of the contract that are drafted by people in the business and that then sit outside of the main body of the agreement. And often much pain can be saved simply by having a lawyer cast their eyes over those areas to ensure that there isn't ambiguity and that all the important bases are covered. And also it might sometimes be the case that elements that we have in our schedules or in our statement of works or even sometimes sitting in other documents like our service level agreements need to be linked back to the contract to ensure that failure to perform any of these particular areas gives rise to a right of one party, you for example, to terminate the contract if they're not fulfilled. Because often, given these areas are only dealt with in peripheral areas of the contract, there isn't an underlying right of termination that is connected to them. So once again, if you're dealing with important areas that are being drafted up outside of a lawyer's eyes, then it can be useful to at least get them to have a look quickly at those areas to make sure that they are correctly connected back to the contract in ways that help you with enforcement later on if it's required. And so the fourth element that we can look at as an action step 
is to get it signed, which seems pretty obvious. And when I say get it signed, I don't mean it literally has to be signed to be enforceable because in Australia, we don't necessarily have to have contracts signed to be enforceable, although, of course, that can help, particularly with a formal contract situation of proving that this is the final version of the contract. But what I mean by this is make sure the contract is finalised and it's clear that both parties have agreed to those terms, whether it's signed or whether or not you have another way of ensuring that you've got the right documentation flow to show that all parties have agreed to the terms of the contract, or at least that performance of the work is happening after the contract terms have been reviewed and not argued to by both parties. So you need to ensure that this is finalised before you allow performance under the contract to start. So that's it. As a quick recap, in this episode, we talked about the benefits for an organisation in spending proper time and effort in developing and properly finalising a contract versus the cost when things go wrong because of a poor contractual approach. And very quickly, we talked about the action steps that are brainstorming the risks, getting contractual coverage, getting help from another set of eyes. And often that might need to be a legal set of eyes. And finally, fourth, get it signed or get it finalised if you're not getting it signed. Make sure you have the right documentation in place to ensure you can prove what version has been agreed on by the parties. So if you'd like more information about this topic, head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au for a free download on the action steps I talked about to help avoid contract disputes. Through that website, you'll also find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you'd like help with any contracts you're in the process of negotiation with or assistance with contractual issues that you need help in dealing with, or if you'd like to get ahead of the curve and look at revamping your contracting process as a whole to be more efficient and more effective. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. And otherwise, hopefully you'll join us next time when we talk about the tips in streamlining the contracting process. Thanks again for listening in and see you next time at Talking Law. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. Thank you.